This week's episode of Up for Discussion is brought to you in part by 6-7 Radius. 6-7 Radius is a consulting firm that helps companies grow by building one-of-a-kind marketing strategies and sales techniques. With over a decade of experience in the B2C and B2B world, the company is now bringing you a one-of-a-kind sales course. The Sales Law of Averages will teach you step-by-step all the soft and hard negotiation skills you need to master your sales game with over five hours of training material, over 40 videos, and real-life examples from different sales industries. Pre-order your course today for only $117. Turn your leads into sales and create a 100% referral conversion rate. Pre-order your course today and master your sales strategy for less than $10 a month. Are you intrigued? Great! Go hit the affiliate link in the description of this episode and pre-order your course today. It's only $117, which is a massive markdown from the usual price, and ends up being less than $10 a month to totally master your sales strategy. It's worth it. Check it out. 6-7 Radius. This episode of the Upper Discussion Podcast is brought to you in part by Whiskey Lane. Launched in Kelowna, BC, and now expanding to Montreal, Whiskey Lane is on a mission to share their obsession with quality food and drinks with growing audiences by keeping the best local flavors on their minds and on their tongues. No matter what your business needs to grow, Whiskey Lane knows how to make it happen. Whiskey Lane, bringing long lines to the producers of specialty food and drinks. Go to whiskeylane.ca to find out more. And that's whiskey, the Canadian way, without an E. Hi, I'm Tom Zalatni, and you're listening to episode 311 of Up for Discussion, a show about great food and the people who love to make and eat it. Every week, we tackle a different ingredient, dish, or style of cuisine, sharing our favorite recipes and learning from our wonderful guests. This week, it's all about Cincinnati chili. Before we dig in, I want to take a minute to acknowledge that the studio where I'm recording is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Ganyangahaga First Nations. As settlers, I think it's important to remember that the lands you occupy are not our own, and to engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset. So I want to encourage you to take some time today and every day to reflect on your relationship with the land you live on and with the indigenous communities of that area. Cincinnati chili is a dish that comes from a really strong immigrant background uh, and has since become a really big staple of a certain regional American cuisine. Uh, When we talk about, you know, dishes like this that feel American uh, and come from immigrants, and obviously those immigrants were settlers, uh, it, it can get kind of confusing and complicated to sort of figure out what the real sort of origin of a dish is. And so I just, I I like to think about that a little bit sometimes. I like to reflect on this idea that like, yeah, sometimes people do have to leave places for real, you know, genuine reasons beyond trying to colonize a place, right? Like the guys who, you know, invented Cincinnati chili, who I'm going to talk about in a little bit, were immigrants who fled a war, right? And you can't necessarily begrudge people for going and settling someplace else when their homeland is being attacked and, and ravaged by war. It's it's different from, you know, blatantly going out and trying to colonize a place, but you still end up being a settler on that land, right? You still end up being someone who does not have the sort of inherent 
right to be there. And so you need to sort of still reflect on what that relationship is for you and for your people. Um, so yeah, that's just a little thing to think about today while we're talking about Cincinnati chili, a dish brought by immigrants who were fleeing a war to America to feed settlers primarily and has since become an American food staple. If you have local regional dishes that maybe share similar backgrounds, I encourage you to reflect on what that kind of means and what that looks like and, you know, how that has sort of affected things overall, where you come from. And in light of that, let's get into it. In the early 1920s, brothers Tom and John Karagia fled the Balkans and sought out brighter skies in the Queen City of Cincinnati, Ohio. To make ends meet, they sold hot dogs next to a burlesque theater, where they gained popularity by topping their hot dogs with their unique meat sauce. As time went on, this humble hot dog cart grew into a restaurant called The Empress. The sauce made its way onto spaghetti, and the brothers found themselves running the largest chain of chili parlors in Cincinnati. Now, a hundred years later, Cincinnati chili is a well-known staple of the area, with Skyline Chili, founded in the 60s by a former employee of Empress, serving up its famous chili at over 150 locations. But what makes Cincinnati chili so special? Well, the same thing that makes it unique, and arguably the same thing that makes it not really a chili. For today's episode, I knew I needed to talk to someone who knows Cincinnati chili on a deeply intimate level, not just as a fan, but as a former Skyline employee himself. So my guest on today's episode of Up for Discussion is Kyle Harper. Kyle is one of the many co-hosts of Debate This, a fantastic video game and comic book podcast that uh, I absolutely love and adore. If you think it sounds familiar, it's because uh, two of his co-hosts have been on the show recently, Andrew Henderson and Matt Cole. Matt is kind of one of my co-hosts on this show, unofficially. (laughs) (laughs) I'm honestly amazed that it took this long for this to happen, but I'm very, very excited to have you here today. Welcome to the show. I have a... A wild schedule, and I, I just prefer to not work around it instead of trying <laughs> to work around it. Um, but I, I was very happy to to join for today's topic. So yeah, well, that makes sense. You you work in the theater, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a wild world with wild, unpredictable schedules. Yes. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've regularly been in theater spaces, but uh, it is a chaotic world. So I appreciate you making the time today. <laughs> of course, of course. So to give my listeners a little bit of context uh, and to contextualize you in the up for discussion verse in terms of your uh, <laughs> relationship to food, uh, how about you tell us a little bit about yourself? Tell us, you know, where you grew up, what kind of stuff you ate growing up, if food mattered to your family, what you like to eat now. Give, paint us a picture. Yeah, so I am born and raised um, in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, southwest corner of the state. Go Reds. Go Reds. Go Bengals. All that. All that fun stuff. I I actually grew up. I could probably walk. It's like a, it was. I was a mile from the Ohio Indiana border, so I could have walked into Indiana whenever I felt the need. But I grew up a. I w- went to twelve years of Catholic school in Cincinnati, which is not uncommon there. As far as my relationship with food, man, I, I it's. It's a weird question to answer, I guess. I I grew I I'll eat almost anything and everything. I grew up be, being very encouraged to try new things. Um, my dad traveled a lot for business, so he'd um, when he could find a place that could replicate recipes he tried in China, or if he could replicate them at home, we'd be encouraged to try them. Um, but I I also love and grew up on fast food and microwave meals and and all that good 
good garbage food as well. <laughs> awesome. I love that. I, I think there's something really nice about growing up like that, finding that balance between the like sort of fancy or not even necessarily fancy, but sort of more exotic and varied and like also, you know, the standard fare of whatever place you live, yes. be it fast food or, or you know, the sort of traditional home cooking of, of wherever you are. So uh, I like that. That that feels like a pretty, uh, I feel like I get, I get your food background now. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and how about now? What do you, what's your like, what's your go-to these days? My go-to these days is a lot of, um, I do, I, I do most of the cooking in my house. We are trying to eat out significantly less um, since since COVID hit, I guess. Um, so I'm doing a little more cooking. I'm doing more experimenting than I normally would. And my partner is vegetarian, so and I am not. So I am trying a lot of recipes either that I like that are vegetarian that I like, which are many. I'm not I'm not picky in that regard, or sure. things I can easily like add the the protein last and cook cook the meat separately from the the vegetarian protein and and then mix it all together at the end for each of our dishes i am loving beyond burgers currently because mm. they they are easy and um our costco keeps them stocked up so that... <laughs> <laughs> but i'm also i've also i'm sitting on a vegan meatless crumbles recipe that I haven't had the time to like make yet but that's the next big thing I'm excited to make and put in tacos ah there we go I was like what is a crumble there we go taco, yeah like taco. ground beef yeah but, but, but made out of tofu and nutritional sure. yeast apparently all right I can get behind that I guess <laughs> I, yeah my um my partner Teffer uh cut out dairy and gluten recently oh yeah not like a hundred percent but like probably 95 percent that changes things a lot because most of what I make is like some sure. kind of wheat and cheese based thing sure so I feel you on the like finding recipes where you can add that at the very very end <laughs> like we did a we had a nice risotto yesterday for lunch and uh you know, I don't, I don't like risotto without, you know, a cup of parm in it. Right. But you right. can totally add that when it's finished cooking. So yeah, it was nice. It I, I also, I also find a lot of vegan recipes that, that do very well if you use butter and cream mm. instead of oil, olive oil and, um, and, you know, coconut milk or something sure, yeah. because we're not vegan. We're just, just vegetarian. So right. I, I mean, it, it goes a long way of punching up some of those v- vegan op, uh, recipes. Yeah, that sure. makes sense. Yeah, I think that the, the optimal thing when you're trying to do like a plant-based thing is to like just accept that you're doing something plant-based instead of trying yes. to like pretend that it's meat, you know? Yes. Well, something that is, I think, <laughs> almost never vegan or vegetarian is our topic for today's episode, but maybe I'm wrong, uh, which is, of course, Cincinnati chili. Now, uh, for listeners <laughs> at home who think they know what chili is, uh, you do, but you might not know what Cincinnati chili is. You do, it's except very for different. one corner of Ohio. <laughs> It's not what anyone would recognize as chili. Yeah, that's it. So, um, so you know, the, the sort of traditional chili con carne, you know, meat chili being a sort of, uh, I think, Mexican, Southern, it's certainly Tex-Mex has adopted it. Uh, lots yeah. of cultures do a variation on it, but it's basically a kind of stew that's got some kind of chili peppers, often powdered uh, meat, often beef, tomatoes, beans. It's hearty. It's delicious. Uh, it's real good if you throw some, you know, 
sour cream or crumbled cheese on top of it whatever you got that is kind of the like chili chili uh now (laughs) kyle uh, as the resident cincination what is the cincinnatian cincinnatian yeah we we don't we don't refer to ourselves in in that person often that there's a standardized one but i've always used cincinnatian sure yeah fair enough well as the uh as the resident person from the Queen City here. The, <laughs> there we there we go. Yeah. Uh, how about you? Porkopolis is another nickname, apparently, for Cincinnati. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. <laughs> As the uh, resident Porkopolis. Porkopolis, yeah. Kyle, you're from Cincinnati. Tell me what your chili is. So Cincinnati chili is a, it is just a, a meat sauce, basically. It's, it's meat. Uh, this blend of spices and uh, water, then reduced down into a a sauce type consistency. If you think, um, is it like a like a tomato sauce with meat in it that you would put on spaghetti? But it's not tomato based. It's just meat and spices and water. Interesting. Um, and you you ladle that on. Traditionally, it's spaghetti with. You can then add onions and beans and cheese on top of that, but traditionally it is just spaghetti, the the sauce and cheese. Um, however, being Americans and everything, we also put it on hot dogs and make conies. What is a coney? It is a, a hot dog in a bun with the chili on it and then topped with um, onions, mustard, and cheese as you choose. Okay, that slaps. That sounds yeah. very good. Oh, <laughs> they're not open that late anymore, but they, it uh, like three conies is like the perfect driving home from a party food. And they the skylines aren't open as late as they used to be, but that that was because they're they're small too. It's like a four inch hot dog. It's not a okay. It's not a foot long. It's not whatever the the standard supermarket size is. It's a little smaller. It's like sli- like a slider version of a hot dog. That's that's interesting. I wouldn't have thought about that. Yeah, I think the standard is uh, the standard. I feel like is maybe six inches. Probably. Yeah. I haven't like measured. Foot. Yeah, yeah, I haven't measured my my standard store bought hot dog, but they're <laughs> these are these are definitely smaller. Fair enough. Well, it's not the size that matters. It's what you put on top of it, right? <laughs> Precisely. Uh, you mentioned Skyline. Skyline, I have heard of uh, kind of exclusively through you. Uh, <laughs> on debate this, you have mentioned Skyline Chili so, multiple times. Did they invent the Cincinnati Chili or just perfect it? They did not invent it. They um, and so I will not I will not go so far as to claim they perfect it because this is a a very contentious point among okay. Cincinnatians that um there is everyone has their quote unquote real version of Cincinnati chili. Um Skyline is the largest franchise that sells Cincinnati style chili. Um it's franchised all throughout Ohio, Indiana, and Kentucky, and even has some locations down in Florida when uh the founder retired down there. He f- realized the the straight shot down I-74 was close enough in the distribution range that they could have a franchise down in Fort Lauderdale as well. But it is a a fast casual style chain. Um you can get it to go get it through the drive through or sit down and, and eat real quick. And um it's it's I worked there in, for a brief time in college and it is my favorite of the Cincinnati style chili restaurants. 
so so okay so let me see if i kind of understand this a little bit better it is not a chili in the sense that there is tomato in it it is only meat it correct seems to me like it really when you get a chili dog somewhere that kind of is what this chili is it's the it's the it is, like it's, goopy ground beef yes with it spices. is more it is more designed yeah if you think of it that way where it's a little it's it's more runny than than what you would think of standard chili it is designed to be a topping not a main entree i guess okay okay the best, yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense thinking of it as a topping instead of as a uh, as a dish okay yes cool that that really that really like sums it up that makes a lot of sense <laughs> i uh, also have just figured out the word i was trying to find before was uh Porkopolitan, of course. Oh, of course. The kind of, course. of person who is from Porkopolis. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, okay, interesting. So you were saying it, it is mostly served on spaghetti or on hot dogs. What's, um, is there like a weird way that you've had it served to you before? Oh, well, so I worked, when I worked at um, the Skyline, I got to serve it all the weird ways okay. that people order it as well. Um, we had one employee um, who would load his spaghetti up with sour cream before he added the chili. Before? Um, okay. Before. So it'd go spaghetti, sour cream, chili, cheese. Um, we had, we, Skyline serves it on potatoes if you're um, gluten free mm. and um, French fries as well. So you get chili, chili cheese fries okay. um, at Skyline. I've had truckers come in off the road and ask us to heat, to, like take our already um, hot chili and put it in the microwave until it is boiling and give it to them while it, the plate is still sizzling. Skyline has a dish that is just uh, three hot dogs in a bowl with chili filled up to the top of the bowl. That was always the weirdest one to order for me, but it got ordered. Are they are they hot dogs in buns or just, just the wieners? Just the wieners. Weird. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, those are all the weirdest ways I think it's been served. That's so strange. Do you dip yeah. the hot? Like, are they are they covered in it or are they like poking They're covered out? in it. No, no, they're covered in it. So you would, I imagine you would spoon some of the, like just eat some of the, the chili like a soup sure. until you get to the hot dogs and then you cut the hot dogs up and huh. finish it off that way. But okay. yeah. Okay. All right. I don't hate that. It doesn't seem um, like the optimal... <laughs> way to eat either of these things but i don't hate it the the optimal way is definitely the the coney the chili cheese dog or the the um spaghetti the spaghetti chili and cheese is called a three-way okay yeah tell me about this because i i think that once on diners drive-ins and dives i heard an explanation of like three-way two-way etc what is what is that about so three-way um comes from it it has the three parts the spaghetti the chili and cheese um, you can get a two-way, which is without the cheese, a four-way, you add beans or onions, and then a five-way, you add the the second half of beans or onions that you didn't add to your four-way, basically. But you, you build it from the plate up. It's, it's just spaghetti, chili, and then your extras. And those are the, the five ways of Cincinnati chili. I love that as a <laughs> phrase. <laughs> it doesn't get confusing having four and five be like swappable. How do you how do you order that? I guess you have to specify. Um, yeah, so you would order a a four way with bean or a four way with onion. Okay, and that's and that's 
as easy as it is. I love that. Yeah. The the shorthand for ordering foods from like, you know, fast casual places <laughs> and diners is one of my favorite things in the world. Like if I go to a place and I say two eggs over bacon brown and they bring me two eggs over easy with a side of bacon and brown bread <laughs> toast, I'm like, you got that from two eggs over bacon brown. All right. Yep. It's yep. beautiful. It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Everything should have code like that where you can just rattle off a chain of words and the person taking the order will understand it and make the thing for you. If you're enjoying the show so far, make sure to hit subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on so that you never miss a new episode. While you're at it, consider leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or sharing this episode with a friend. For every new rating and review I get during the month of February, I'm donating $2 to Raven Trust, an organization that does great work connecting Indigenous people with legal resources that can make a massive difference in the fight for reconciliation. You can learn more about the work that they do at the link in the description of this episode. I also want to let you know that for the next couple of weeks, you can participate in a survey to help choose this year's 16 competitors for our Munch Madness bracket. By hitting the survey link below, you can nominate up to five of your favorite foods for consideration. Now, every nomination counts as one vote, so you could nominate the same food multiple times if you wanted to, which would increase the odds of that food making it into the top 16. But if you have multiple foods that you think you'd be excited to see duke it out to decide who is the best food of 2021, I would highly recommend, you know, filling it out and adding multiple nominees instead of just the same one five times. You could do two different ones, two times each, and then one other one. You could do three of one and two of another. You could do four of one and one of another. There's, uh, I was going to say endless possibilities, but actually there's just, um, <laughs> there, there's a limited number of possibilities. I don't feel like doing that math right now. Someone could probably do that math for you. I'm going to just arbitrarily guess it's like 20, but maybe there's more. Do the math. Figure it out. Do the survey. You can hit the survey link below to do that. Last but not least, if you're enjoying this conversation about a regional American cuisine, I would highly recommend you go back and listen to the episode I recorded a couple of weeks ago with Adrian Schoen about the food in Chicago. Chicago, of course, is another American city with its own food staples, so if you're enjoying this episode, you will probably also enjoy that episode. Go check it out if you feel like it. All right, that's enough for me. Let's get back to my conversation with Kyle Harper. There are instructions for eating a, a three-way and its cousins as okay. well because your instinct if you're not from the area is to um probably twirl your spaghetti i would sure. yeah. saw a lot of new i i didn't work at a cincinnati location i worked at a, a columbus location so we'd get a lot of new people mm-hmm. unfamiliar with it um you do not twirl the spaghetti because you won't get the the sauce and the cheese that way okay you if you see a picture of it skyline or Cincinnati style chili is always served on um, kind of an oval plate. Yeah. You point the plate towards you. So it's like long ways and you eat it like we we say you eat it like a pie where you cut into the spaghetti, chili and cheese and like scoop up a whole bite that you cut off. So you get all three parts in every bite. I don't like that as a way to eat spaghetti, but I do. (laughs) I do think that that makes a lot of sense. If it's like a mound of food, I feel like that 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 is a much better yeah. way to think of it. That is not translated into how I eat like traditional Italian spaghetti right. either. I still eat that like a like you're supposed to and twirl and yeah. slurp it up, slurp it up. Yum, but yum. this you get if you do that, you'll you'll end up with no spaghetti and then some very difficult to get on your fork chili and cheese. 
right. remaining in the dish and and no one wants that no yeah it seems less than ideal um a thing that i've been thinking about so i work at a pizza place owned by a greek guy uh which is like a, i think a pretty common thing like at least where i am pizza places are either owned by italians or greeks or the lebanese Sure. Nobody else has a pizza place in Montreal. And (laughs) my boss makes the meat sauce uh, in a way that I've never seen a meat sauce made before. Uh, Also, I don't know that I've ever been to a pizza place that has meat sauce other than our own. Um, But our meat sauce has like certain spices and stuff in it that uh, I think are also in Cincinnati chili. Not the least confusing of which being cinnamon. Cinnamon is the is the popular one. Um, Okay. Some recipes, Skyline specifically, also has cocoa in the mix oh, as well. Um, but that's tra- interesting. Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, Cincinnati style chili is is a little sweet with a with a tiny bit of spice. Okay. Um, but the the list of traditional like Cincinnati style seasonings um, include chili powder and cumin, cinnamon, allspice, cloves. And then you can also, you get variations with the cocoa, nutmeg, um, paprika, and oregano. And Worcestershire sauce is typically involved as well. This sounds really nice. I might, I might have to like try making this. This is something I could make at home. You, you definitely could. Um, you can also, I don't know where you would find it in Montreal per se, but you can buy spice packets that are just labeled cincinnati recipe chili that so you can get the blend already put together and then you just brown your meat pour it in and and let it simmer okay Mm -hmm. although i'm looking at a recipe so i've got wikipedia open and it says ingredients include ground beef water or stock tomato paste which yeah there's yes yeah just to kind of bind it i guess uh Mm -hmm. cinnamon nutmeg allspice clove cumin chili powder bay leaf and then optional chocolate. I think I have every single one of those things, including ground beef, in my kitchen right now. Except maybe the optional it. chocolate, but the chocolate <laughs> was optional. I can do this. Maybe I'll do this. <laughs> it's it's a good time. And then you want to get you want to get some nice, finely sh- as fine as you can find it, shredded sharp cheddar, and you want a mountain of that that cheddar on top. Yeah, I'm looking the the photo on Wikipedia has a horrifying mountain of cheddar on top of it and I'm into it. Um when I worked at when I worked at Skyline, they also ran a promotion that you could get a Skyway, which was basically double the cheddar <laughs> on top. Oh god. Which was very difficult to eat because you are cutting through about 3 inches of shredded cheese. Oh my god. To, get to the rest of your dish. That sounds delicious though. If you take too long to eat it, I guess the cheese starts to melt. Kind of, but not in a way that's bad. It does. It just kind of you get. It turns into like the cheese on top of a pizza. Yeah, it like incorporates like, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Okay. I'm into this. I want this. I uh, <laughs> I was curious the other day while I was prepping for this episode. I was thinking about like, oh, I wonder if I could like surprise Kyle by having eaten Skyline Chili specifically before this recording. And uh, (laughs) when you go on Amazon.ca and search for Skyline Chili, you can, in fact, order it. Uh, You you can order the original chili in a can and also the oyster crackers. But it's $142. Oh, don't do that. I don't know what what grocery chains make their way up into Montreal, but I can buy cans of it here in Colorado from my kroger affiliate Mm. um so if you have a kroger affiliate up in montreal they will carry 
Oh, man. Skyline chili sometimes. I don't know if we do. Oh, well, it's it's $142 for eight cans. That's still way too much. That though. seems like a lot. Yeah, yeah. That's like, oh, my God, that's almost $20 a can. Yeah, that's... That's not worth it. That's is it worth that's it? what my that's what my friend who lives in New York has to. He pays about seventeen dollars a can to get it at his local New York deli. That, okay. When he found it, but don't don't pay that. We'll right. we'll find a way to get you a, a the four dollar can that it should be. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I really just like when this pandemic is over. You bet I'm I'm coming down there and trying oh, yeah. this out. Yeah. Okay, well, this is this is really interesting. I uh, I appreciate you filling me in on like the sort of ins and outs of it. Is there anything that hasn't been mentioned yet that you think is really important to know about Cincinnati chili? So I've got two other things. Okay. The, qu- the first quick one is it's typically also served with um, oyster crackers yeah. as a I guess an appetizer or whatever you, you call that. You, they bring them out to the table when you order your drinks and sit down. Oh, sure, um, yeah. And I like, it's like a, a cult classic thing to do to to do a drop of the hot sauce on your oyster crackers. They set out hot sauce instead of ketchup as a condiment for, for your Cincinnati-style chili. So you do a drop of the um, hot sauce on an oyster cracker and, and munch away at those. Um, affectionately called oyster bombs. I like that. I told you in the in the prep for this that there is some some amount of recipe theft involved because because it spun out of this like little tiny Greek community in Cincinnati. A lot of the early Cincinnati style chili restaurants all worked with or for or around each other. So the the founder of Skyline Chili, and I just lost his name, Nicholas Lambrinidis. Nicholas Lambrinidis, I think is how you say it. Sure. Immigrated to America, worked in a different Cincinnati-style chili restaurant, Empress Chili, uh, which still exists to this day as well. It's down to one, I think, location on the west side of Cincinnati. And then quit to start his own restaurant skyline with his brothers Mm. there were accusations at the time um skyline conveniently leaves this out of their history that nicholas stole the the empress chili recipe um on his way out the door to to start skyline so that's um the fun the fun espionage involved in cincinnati style chili interesting yeah i'm i'm looking on uh wikipedia and it looks like another chain called gold star chili was also started by a former (laughs) empress employee not unlikely (laughs) and that they were originally a burger joint and then they saw that the chili was selling better so they changed their branding and became a chili place that that tracks um gold star gold star boasts that it's the meatiest of the Cincinnati style restaurants. It's less less runny and more more the consistency you think of of chili. Okay. But it is still just meat and the the seasonings. <laughs> right. It's like probably the exact same recipe but like half as much liquid. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So what's your uh okay, I don't know if this question will get you in trouble. So if this question will get you in trouble, you don't have to answer it. But what's okay. your uh what's your Cincinnati chili of choice? Definitely Skyline. Okay. And and also like how do you get it when you when you go there? Like what's your order? 
four years I have gotten, like since probably 2004, I have gotten a three-way and a cheese coney no onion with a Diet Dr. Pepper when I go to Skyline. That sounds great. And if I'm hungry, I get a second of the conies. Nice. And the conies are the the hot dog ones, yeah? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm into this. Man, the closest thing that we've got here, I gotta tell you, unless there's a restaurant that's secretly doing this that I don't know about, (laughs) but the closest we've got here is like... Dairy Queen has chili dogs, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I think Wendy's has chili cheese fries. Yes. Yeah, yep. but that's, uh, oh, it's not the same. It's it is, not, it the, is same. not the same. No, because neither of those chains is super great at, you know, things beyond the main thing that they do. <laughs> if you are listeners, if you are curious about it, the chili cheese fries are a good entry point as well because you probably like fries if you are ordering it. Um, and it's it's much more um, acceptable to see the the sauce kind of on the, the fries to new people. That's what I would recommend mm. when I would get new people there. I would be remiss to mention you can get a they Skyline now has a Skyline at least I think most might have a vegetarian um, chili that is black bean and rice based, ah. but has the same blend of spices in it as well. Oh, that also sounds really good, actually. It is very good. As ah. It is very, very good. Um, when I was working there, I would occasionally mix things up by getting the the, the black beans and rice, yeah. as, as it's called. Just, you know, cerebrally, since this isn't something I can actually actively taste right now, <laughs> I feel like that's the one I'd put on the fries, and then yeah. the meat one I'd put on the, the spaghetti or the or the hot dog. Yeah. Oh, well, I like that a lot. Kyle, we're almost out of time. Uh, thank you so much for filling me in on everything about Cincinnati Chili, especially Skyline. If people want to find you on the internet, where can they find you? What do you want to plug? Uh, and also, if you have any final words of wisdom about Cincinnati Chili, this is your chance to okay. you know, wisen people up. So you can find me um, on my podcast, uh, Debate This. Um, we are at on, on everything, Twitter, Instagram, at debate this cast you can also check out our patreon which is same patreon.com slash debate this cast where we have we um, branch off from our comic book and video game discussion podcast where we yell at each other and do a DD podcast where we are office corporate office workers transplanted into a fantasy world and we have just started a new um WandaVision watch-along podcast called The Ploose is Loose, both exclusively available through our Patreon. You can find me on Twitter at kharpermusic and Instagram at kharperaudio. Awesome. Uh, yeah, if people uh, if people are looking for specific episodes of Debate This to check out, uh, I will link a couple in the description of this episode. Maybe whatever is the most recent at the time of this episode's release and whatever my most recent guest appearance was. Ooh, <laughs> If, if this is dropping when our next episode, or the one we recorded just last night does, um, they are in for a wild time. Yeah, we just recorded our um, uh, Hades episode of the podcast where we added a, added a new deity to Hades, Hades and there's a, a non-zero amount of blasphemy involved. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way I like it. Um, well, Kyle, thank you again so much for being on up for discussion this week and uh, talk to you soon. Thanks for having me, Tom. Talk to you soon.
Thanks so much for listening to Up for Discussion. Do you have a favorite way to eat Cincinnati chili? Do you like to put it on top of spaghetti? Do you eat it two ways, three ways, four ways, five ways, stairways? Tell me all about it on Twitter and Instagram at DownWithTalking. If you like this episode and want to help me make the show even better, head to patreon.com slash up for discussion to donate. For as little as a dollar a month, you'd be joining the ranks of fine folks like Patrick, Gabriel, Kendall, and Carlea, Thomas, George, Poppy, Killian, Sarah, Angelica, Anne, Andrew, Laura, Erica, Chantal, and David. Our patrons get access to all kinds of awesome perks, including the ability to request topics for episodes of the show. So go check it out. It's a lot of fun. Patreon.com slash up for discussion. We also have merch, and you can hit the merch link in the description of this episode to get all sorts of great stuff from our lovely friends over at Tee Public. And of course, you can support the show for free by leaving a rating or review on your podcatcher of choice, especially Apple Podcasts, and by sharing this episode with a friend. Maybe a friend who thinks they know what Cincinnati chili is, but doesn't. Or a friend who, um, I don't know, likes meat and cheese on top of things. <laughs> Share this episode with Sonic the Hedgehog. Because Sonic likes chili dogs. Anyway, our theme music is by Zach Ingalls, and our cover art is by David Flam. You can find links to support both of them in the description of this episode. And last, but certainly not least, the show is produced and edited by me, Tom Zalatni, as part of the Upford Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at upfordnetwork.com. See you next week when I'll be talking to J.P. Carvacki from Time Out Montreal about his love for pierogies. Hello, my name is Stefan, and please join me every week for my podcast, Some Good Friends, a show where I talk to some good friends of mine. Previous guests have included a Reiki healer, the heir to the Redenbacher popcorn throne, the person definitely not responsible for the murder hornet outbreak, and Jack Nicholson. Comes out Mondays, early in the morning. Check it out, and you might laugh. I'm October Jones, and Hi, this is... I'm Fish With Legs. I'm a fish with legs. Fish. I'm the elemental creature of water. And I'm here to tell you about my podcast called October Jones and Fish With Legs. Starring me and my best friend... <laughs> October Jones. Nailed it. October and Fish is a fictional series that follows me and Fish With Legs as we try to stop an evil two-headed snake from releasing a terrible monster. And make friends, and go on adventures, and get captured a lot, and escape a lot, and encounter racism. And what? And learn very special lessons every third episode. I have not learned a single lesson. Yes, you did. We learned about being friends, and authoritarianism, and colonialism, and how to defeat a giant crab. Authoritarianism? They're in authority for a reason, Fish With Legs. If everyone followed the rules set in place by the human government, then there wouldn't be- for adults and kids. (laughs) New episodes on Mondays. You can find it wherever you find podcasts, and of course, on the Upford website. Okay, that's it.